What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Red Zone Radio. I am Robert Wampler. It is great to be here. Great to have you. And, uh, you know, they signed Dak to this long-term deal. So let's start there. They signed him to this long-term deal. Dak finally got the deal he wanted. Long-term deal that he wanted. And I will say this. Looking at this from the looking at this from the Cowboys' perspective, what have they what are they getting out of this, right? Well, I think they did this for one reason. Looking at their surroundings, looking at their division first, and then their conference. And when you look at their division, let's start there. Who is going to stop Dak Prescott and this Cowboys team? Because Jalen Hurts, I don't know if he's good enough. Washington doesn't even know what they're doing at the quarterback position, and I don't think Daniel Jones can stop this Cowboys team. Secondly, look at their conference. Russell Wilson may not even be in Seattle. Uh, their drama with a lot of them outside of Kyler Murray, mm, Tom Brady's older. Drew Brees may not even be back. Who, who's going to stop you from reaching the Super Bowl? I think those are the two points. Now, I am not saying that the Cowboys are going to reach the Super Bowl. What I am saying is I think they did this simply because of their surroundings because a lot of times our surroundings determine how well we will prosper, and this was point A, exhibit A for Dak Prescott. If he was in the AFC, this deal would not have gotten done. If he was in the NFC, if he was in the NFC West or the AFC North, this deal would not have gotten done. It got done strictly because he's in the NFC East and strictly because he is in the worst division and the worst conference in all football. And I think it, it really came down to okay, well these other teams are a mess, all of them are rebuilding. We get this deal done, we're gonna be relevant for the next five years. I don't really see another reason why they would have made this deal had that not been the case. Looking at Dak Prescott, he's a good quarterback. I, I don't think he, you know, I don't think he's Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, but he's a good quarterback. Here's the only thing I don't understand about looking at everything from his perspective, I still don't really understand why you make this deal. I get what I just said. I think that's why they made it. I don't think that's a good enough reason to. If I were the Cowboys, I think, you know, it's not like you're in Pittsburgh or it's not like you're in Cleveland where nobody wants to go to your team and it's cold half the year. You play in a dome, you're in an easy division, and you're in the easier conference, plus you're in Dallas. You could have got a lot of star players or a lot of star quarterbacks available on the market this year. I don't, I, I don't like the move, but you know what? They made it. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that this is... This doesn't make me think, okay, they're a Super Bowl contender now because they got Dak Prescott. It makes me think, okay, they're better than they were without him. It doesn't really make me think they're contenders. Um, I, I would take a lot of quarterbacks over Dak Prescott, and a lot of them are cheaper. I mean, he's now the second-highest paid quarterback in the NFL, and I, I don't really understand it. I don't think he's the second-best quarterback by any means. With that being said, uh, this Cowboys team, still he's going to win a bunch of games. This Cowboys team is going to win a bunch of games simply because of the fact that, like I said, they're in an East Division and Easy Conference. So he finally got his deal. Um, I think they still need to improve on defense, especially in the back end. I think, speaking of draft, well, coming up on the draft, speaking of draft, I think they need to get maybe Patrick Sertain out of Alabama for the back end. I think they'll win their division. I think they'll be better than they were last year, but I don't think they're contenders, and I don't think they're going to win their conference. And some other big news, it's a big day for free agents, not just Dak Prescott. A lot of franchise tagging going on. Chris Godwin got franchise tagged. Allen Robinson, now this is a big one, got franchise tagged for the Bears. So there's a lot of news out there this week. Maybe Russell Wilson is open going to the Bears. Having Allen Robinson on that team is a big part, I believe, in what, what may make Russell Wilson want to go there. Look, the report's out there. The Seahawks are open to taking calls for Russell Wilson. Personally, the way I look at it is make it work. 
You know, you've got Pete Carroll as the coach, Russell Wilson at the controls. You've got weapons on offense. You've got another piece. I mean, you're definitely contenders. With that being said, I don't really know. I don't really see how you can deny the fact that Russell Wilson's unhappy there and that he clearly listed his four teams where he would want to go if they trade him. Well, Dallas is now off the market. I said even when Dallas was one of the options, Chicago was the best option for Russell Wilson. I think they're in an easier division than he's in now. I think they got a championship defense. And with Allen Robinson, another weapon in the draft, that can be a really good team with Russell Wilson. I think that could be a really good team. Uh, also, it may make Deshaun Watson want to go there. Keeping Allen Robinson is a key piece, is a key piece to getting one of these big-time quarterback prospects or coming out of the draft or free agents, Deshaun Watson or Wilson, whoever. Keeping a weapon like that is a big-time piece and attracting those guys because there's not really a whole lot more on offense that's going to attract a quarterback wanting to go there. But what they really have is the defense. They got championship defense, and they got Allen Robertson. You get another weapon, you get the quarterback. That can be a really good team. Um. So speaking of the Buccaneers, I want the other day. Uh, you know, Tom Brady uh, said that said that uh, they're going to be better next year, and they are going to be better next year. But I think it's interesting because they have real possibility. I'm not going to say win, but of going to back-to-back Super Bowls. First of all, Tom Brady is very smart. He can recognize when he's going to win, when he's got a better chance to win, and when he's got a better chance to lose. His ego doesn't get in the way. So he looked at New England's roster, and he looked at their schedule, and he looked at the AFC getting better and better. And now it's just a gauntlet of great young quarterbacks. And he said, you know what? I'm going to get out of the AFC, go to the NFC, who only has about one to two quarterbacks that I'm really scared of facing. So he gets out of the AFC and goes to the NFC. But for years, it was the opposite. The NFC was the better conference, and the AFC was that way, and he was in the right conference. He's always in the right conference. And uh, looking at the Saints, they don't know what they're going to do with their quarterback. Looking Looking at these teams that are in their division, Matt Ryan's only getting older. The Panthers are still in a rebuild. And like I said before, Dallas... Is it, Dallas is in the division, but they're in the conference. There's not really, the NFC West is going to beat each other up, and that's if Russell Wilson even even doesn't get out of there. If he gets out of there, you got one less good quarterback in the NFC. So, so if I had a bet today, even with this big deal that the Cowboys made with Dak Prescott, I would bet, hey, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I, I would bet they're an NFC favorite as of today. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers, there's tension there right now. There's no tension with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. He just got there. Gronk's coming back. He's happy in Florida. He he knows where to move, where to position himself, what team to position himself on, what conference to position himself in, what division to position himself in, where he would have the best chance to win. And he did it. And uh, it, it's just really remarkable how some players are willing to do that and some players are not. Um, in looking at the AFC now, the Chiefs, to me, are still the most talented team in the league. I think Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the NFL. They're still the most talented. I mean, they reach back-to-back Super Bowls. That's almost impossible to do. With that being said, even though I still kind of think they're the team at the top of the AFC, they're still sort of the team that everyone's chasing. There is, I just said, there's a gauntlet of quarterbacks to get through that I don't know I don't know who's going to come out of the AFC, and that's if Russell Wilson doesn't go to the AFC. Look at the quarterbacks in that. Look at the quarterbacks in that conference. you got Patrick Mahomes. you got you got Lamar Jackson. You've got Carson Wentz now. Baker Mayfield has proved to be a star. You got Josh Allen. You've got a bunch of great young quarterbacks, and it's not going to go away anytime soon. 
And uh, so I, if I had a bet today, I'd probably say the Chiefs would come out of that conference, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was someone else. I mean, you're, it's like playing in the SEC or in, in college football. You're just going to get beat. You're just going to beat each other up. And Tom Brady positioned himself in the right way. With that being said, the Patriots traded for Trent Brown. And they are clearly trying to to position themselves in a way where they can somehow compete in the AFC. Because right now, Belichick is looking at Cam Newton and his, and his roster that he has. And he's looking at the AFC, and he's probably looking at Tom Brady in the NFC, thinking, "Man, he did the he did the right move for his career." There's a reason why he just won another Super Bowl. And Bill Belichick, I think, even though we don't want to admit it, they are far away. They are far away from a Super Bowl. First of all, you don't have any deep threat over the top. You don't even have. I don't think you have your quarterback to win a Super Bowl with. Yeah, you're gonna get Dante Hightower back, but Stefan Gilmore is probably gonna be traded. You just got a mess to deal with. And I think what they're trying to do is build this offensive line because I think they're going to try to trade up. Typically, you know, I, I don't I don't think they're trying to build an offensive line for Cam Newton. I think they're trying to build an offensive line to trade up in the draft because they do have some players I think they can move. But I think the reality is you're not going to win a Super Bowl coming out of the AFC with Cam Newton. Nothing against Cam Newton. He was great. But look, he took a lot of hits. He's not the best thrower. Uh, they don't really have any weapons either. And that's the thing. See, I, I, I have, I still defend Bill Belichick on this. Last year, to me, does not prove that that Bill Belichick is a is a bad coach or that he's isn't the greatest football coach of all time. No, it does prove that Tom Brady was was a lot more in control of that team than Bill. Not not necessarily more than Bill Belichick, but it does prove that Tom Brady was more. Uh, influential than we may have thought he was. We may have thought Bill Belichick was was running these smart plays, and he probably was. You know, he was running smart plays, but we thought he was running this great system. But Tom Brady beat the system. He proved he can do it without the system, and that's great for Tom Brady. But to me, it doesn't mean, okay, Bill Belichick's a bum. He can't coach. What it means to me is Bill Belichick had nothing. I mean, I mean, who who did he have this year that made you think, okay, they're going to they're gonna win some games? Dante Hightower opted out. They had Stefan Gilmar one corner. They Julian Edelman was probably their best weapon, one of the slower receivers in the league. Uh, and you had Cam Newton as your quarterback. I'm not. I'm not going to judge Bill Belichick harshly because he couldn't do anything with that. I don't care if you're Nick Saban or Bill Belichick. He can't do it. Um, so I, I do think they're trying to build a good offensive line to where I to where either it looks attractive to come there if you're Deshaun Watson or maybe even you know I know Russell Wilson didn't list them, but maybe even Russell Wilson. Um. But I'm really anxious to see what New England does in the draft because to me it just makes too much sense to try and trade up. I think they have some pieces they can move. I would try to trade up. All right, coming up on Red Zone Radio, I'm going to talk about what the Jets should consider doing with their number two pick in this year's draft and if they should consider trading it. So stay tuned. That is coming up on Red Zone Radio.
Welcome back to Red Zone Radio. It's great to be here, great to have you. And, uh, you know, the Jets have the number two overall pick. And it's interesting because they can trade it, keep Sam Darnold. A lot of people say Sam Darnold is talented. He hasn't succeeded simply because of where he's at. And, you know, I, there's truth to that, I'm sure. With that being said, uh, situations matter. What's around you matters. But here's what I will say. Sam, Sam Darnold hasn't shown you anything that makes you think he's going to succeed with our team. Whether fair or not, whether you've put the right pieces around him or not, whether he's had the right coaching around him or not, he hasn't shown you anything. Whether it's fair or it's not fair, he hasn't. He's shown you he's mechanically flawed, uh, he can be reckless, and he's shown you, you know, he doesn't necessarily have, he he doesn't really have the it factor that a lot of quarterbacks have that I believe you need to have to win a Super Bowl. So, where do you go from here? Do you keep him or do you trade him? Because here's the thing. Right now, I believe in a lot of teams' mind, the number two overall pick is a lot more valuable than Sam Darnold. And look, I get the fact that a lot of people are upset because they said, look, we don't know if Zach Wilson and Justin Fields is going to succeed, and that's who you're going to draft for the number two overall pick, and you could you could get some pieces for Sam Darnold. But my my thing, my my I guess my argument to that is we don't know if Sam Darnold's going to succeed. We don't know if he's if he's going to succeed in the NFL. Based off what I've seen, he hasn't. I haven't seen Zach Wilson play in the NFL. I haven't seen Justin Fields play in the NFL. But I've seen Sam Darnold play in the NFL. If he had been good, then it would be different. But what he showed me was maybe he's not the quarterback for the Jets. He can succeed somewhere, I'm sure of it. But but he can succeed with the Jets. And the Jets should know, hey, we don't got a situation that's going to make him succeed. Even, even if they get some receivers for that number two overall pick. Even if they get some weapons. Get the right coach. How long is it going to take? Sam Darnold is now older. Sam Darnold is now getting worse and more mechanically flawed. At a certain point, that's irreversible. They always say it's easier to fix something. It's easier to break a bad habit when you first start it. It's harder to break a habit they've been doing for years. Well, you let him continue on, on this road of having to play reckless, having to be a hero because you got nothing around him. It's going to ruin his career and it's going to set the organization back years. And uh, I, I don't see, I think they both succeed from him leaving. I, I really do. It gives Robert Sala a chance to start over with a new quarterback, with the quarterback that he drafted. It gives everyone a chance to start over. It gives, it gives Sam Darnold a chance to start over, sort of get a fresh start with his career. It's like Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. It just made sense for them both to move on. It gives Carson Wentz a chance to reset. It gives Philadelphia a chance to reset. We'll see what the problem is next year. We'll see what the problem is next year. We'll see if it was Sam Darnold, if it was New York, or if it was a little of both, and that's my guess. I, I don't I don't think uh I, I don't think personally that, you know, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson's gonna go in there and single handedly turn around your franchise, but but Sam Darnold certainly was not. Uh I, I don't even think Trevor Lawrence was gonna go out in there and single handedly turn around a franchise. You need people around you. So I understand both sides of it. But look, right now, people, I, I read an article the other day, and it said the Jets have the ultimate way to rebuild their franchise because they get they can trade the number two overall pick. And I, I don't think that's a bad idea. But personally, if I had the number two overall pick, I'm using it. They I, I hope for the sake of your team, they don't come around that often. And you don't want the number two overall pick every year, but they don't come around that often. So use it. Don't trade it because you have got some leverage right now. 
you've got Sam Darnold you can trade. You've got the number two overall pick. you got a new coach. Like, the future is looking bright in New York, especially because I said New England. Who knows what they're going to do? But with that being said, who... Who can who has the leverage to trade for the number two overall pick? That's really gonna be worth it for the Jets. Uh, I, I don't. First of all, I don't think they want to trade it in division. I, I barely think they want to trade it in conference. So who does that leave? Well, there there are a few teams that need a quarterback, but Dallas just got their quarterback situation figured out. Maybe Houston. Um, here's the problem. This is where it gets a little lopsided the other way. The number two overall pick is great. Uh, first of all, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I don't see why I'd want to go to New York. I, I know that's an option. I don't see why he wants to go there. Secondly, I know he likes Robert Sala, but I don't know why. There, there's not really another reason on this earth why you'd want to go to the New York Jets if you're Deshaun Watson. Secondly, uh, the Jets are offering the number two overall pick for a player that we haven't seen playing in the NFL yet. We've seen Deshaun Watson. He's great. So that could make sense. Houston and New York potentially doing a trade. I think that I think that's I, for, personally look. If you're Houston, you gotta realize almost any deal you could get, unless unless and this never can happen. But unless the Chiefs call you and say we'll give you Patrick Holmes or someone says we'll give you Russell Wilson, you're never gonna get. You're you're not really gonna get a deal that's worth the Sean Watson unless someone just offers you a lot. Um, but the Jets could potentially. Uh, you know, to get the most bang for your buck, you could get a number two overall pick in this year's draft because you did, of course, trade your other pick away. So that's big. Uh, you can you can finally get a draft pick back, one of your top draft picks back, because Miami, of course, got yours last year. Uh, you could do a tr- you could you could try to get the number two overall pick, try to get Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. But once again, it's sort of the similar situation with New York, New York, Houston, two of the most dysfunctional organizations in the last twenty years of the NFL. So the Jets, I, I think what the Jets have to realize is unless you get Deshaun Watson, nobody's really going to, you're not really going to win the trade. And I think they kind of got to accept that. Uh, or they could just not trade it, you know. Um, they, they could get Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, and they could try to go from there. But personally, I start rebuilding the offensive line. I draft Justin Fields, trade Sam Darnold, get some linemen for him. Uh, get some linemen for him and, and build around Justin Fields Zach Wilson. Uh, that's what I do. All right, lastly, we're going to talk about the top. So we just talked about weapons. you got to have some stuff around you. We're going to, I'm going to break down my top five wide receivers in this year's NFL draft. So number one, I think it's obvious. It's Jamar Chase. He's big target. See, here's what happened. The Chiefs went out, and they got a bunch of speedy receivers, which is incredible. The problem is they all, the, the, everyone tried to du- duplicate that. You know, the Ravens got a bunch of speedy receivers. Marquise Brown, not saying they've been bad. They've been good. Marquise Brown's put up good numbers. The problem is not everybody has the arm or the accuracy downfield. That's Patrick Mahomes, one of the best deep throw throwers ever in the NFL. So unless you have an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen that has a big arm that can get the ball to your speedy receivers, it really doesn't do you much good. So typically lately, these quarterbacks are like in big time targets, receivers that can go up and, and get the ball. Speed isn't everything. It's a big part of it, but it's not everything in a receiver. You will be a quarterback's best friend. It's why you see tight ends becoming so popular right now. If you are big enough and tall enough to go up and win jump balls, and they can trust you, come down with it. So Jamar Chase, number one. Number two, Jalen Waddle. Nothing against Devontae Smith. Jalen Waddle, to me, it was very close between him and Jamar Chase. He's smaller. He's speedy. But here's what I love about him. He's not just a speed throw. Like Marquise Brown coming out of the draft, we knew he was going to have to work on route running. Jalen Waddle not only will be able to beat you deep, his yards after catch will be insane. Why? Because he's so twitchy. It's not just his long speed. He doesn't just have track speed. He's got football speed. 
Meaning, I think if he would have ran the 40 this year, he would have been in the 4-2s. Simply because his acceleration and his twitchiness and his... And, and he reminds me a little bit, in a way, of Kyler Murray. Where his quickness is just insane. Uh, obviously, I think Jalen Waddle is going to be a little bit more durable than Kyler Murray. Because Kyler Murray is a quarterback. He's going to be quicker. But if you want a threat to any defense they're going to have to prepare for, get Jalen Waddle. Uh, he could be offense rookie there. Number three... Devontae Smith. Now here's where here's where Devontae Smith scares me. It's not just because of his height. His route running is good. He's smooth and out of his breaks, but he is not he's not as switchy as Jalen Waddle. He's not as he's a good route runner as Jerry Judy. He's not as big or as speedy as as Jamar Chase or Henry Ruggs was last year coming out of the draft. But here's where he is really good. He's really good in recognizing the holes in the defense. When he watch the film, zone coverage, whatever it is, he can recognize where to sit himself to where Mac Jones or whoever the quarterback is going to be can get the ball. Uh, so he, I think that, you know, if you're somewhere like the Patriots and Jalen Waddle's already taken and Jamar Chase already taken, uh, you should not feel necessarily disappointed that you got this guy. But is he as good as those two? I don't think so. But I think he will be a star in the NFL. Number four for me is Rondell Moore. Speedy. Conti- uh, look, there are uh, typically, I think, in every draft, receivers are becoming more and more popular. But I think like last year, T. Higgins, uh, Justin Jefferson. There's one big target like Justin Jefferson or one guy that that is, that that specializes in jump balls like Jamar Chase. And I think there's a bunch of speedy guys that work that are good for their quickness and not necessarily their size. So I think looking at this year's draft, that's the way to Jamar Chase top. But then you got Jalen Wild, Monte Smith. Of course, not Rondo Moore. Now Rondo Moore is tiny. Uh, is he a first round talent? I believe so. You add him to a slower offense like New England. Uh, he can he can do some incredible things for your offense. Uh, he tore up Ohio State's defense a couple years ago, uh, and that was one of the better defenses at the time. Number five. Now, this is where I know a lot of people aren't going to agree. Personally, I'm going to go Darius Tony out of Florida. I think he is, first of all, he is a, he is, he's slimmer, you know, not quite as slim as Devontae Smith, but people are concerned about his size, and they say he got open because Kyle Pitts fell on offense. I disagree when you look at the tape. Great rounder. His strength is really his hands, and he can win a lot of jump balls for you. He's a first-round talent, in my opinion. All right, well, that is going to wrap it up for Red Zone Radio. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you want, please be sure to rate it. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, feel free to rate it, whatever you want. If you didn't like it, rate it one star. If you liked it, rate it whatever you want. Uh, but thank you everyone so much for listening. Have a great day, and I will see you next time on Red Zone Radio.